0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The Pharisees went off and plotted how they might entrap Jesus in speech. They sent their disciples to him with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man. And that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. And you are not concerned with anyone's opinion, for you do not regard a person's status. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Knowing their malice, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin that pays the census tax. They handed him the Roman coin. He said to them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. At that, he said to them, Then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar." And to God, what belongs to God? The Gospel of the Lord. Lord So, over the last few weeks, we've heard Jesus talking to specifically the Pharisees, and many of the parables that he's been using have been directed at the Pharisees. We read it through that lens. What we really see is our Lord trying to call the Pharisees to conversion, pointing out to them the contradictions and the way that they're living their lives. Pointing out to them that they really don't know who He is. And they're not recognizing who He is. Tax collectors and sinners are entering into the kingdom of God before you because they're recognizing who I am. And we have to believe that Jesus has a desire for the Pharisees' conversion. In his proclamation of the kingdom, it does what it does in our own lives and in our own hearts. It just kind of agitates them. Matthew's gospel is really centered on the proclamation of the gospel to the Jews. And the biggest obstacle to converting the Jewish people really is the Pharisees and their unwillingness to Realize that there's something new here. There's something new that our Lord has come to reveal to us. And so the scene in today's gospel, it's not foreign to a lot of our experiences. The Pharisees are feeling agitated. They grab some of their disciples and they grab the Herodians who are really faithful to the Roman state and they plot How they might entrap Jesus in his speech. And so they go. And they start off by flattering Jesus. Because that's kind of what people do. It's like the passive aggression of the Pharisees. So go and build him up first. (laughs) Teacher, we know you're a truthful man and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. And then they kind of slide in this backhanded compliment slash criticism. And you're not concerned with anyone's opinion because you do not regard a person's status. Which is essentially them saying to our Lord, Well, we know you're going to tell us the truth because you have absolutely no respect for the Pharisees. And then they present him with this question of whether to pay the census tax. Now they're trying to trip him up by getting him to talk about politics. And so our Lord's response to them is, is really very clear in how He's trying to redirect them back to the gospel message. Repay to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what belongs to God. Because our Lord came to proclaim the kingdom of God, He came to set captives free, He came to bring healing and redemption. And then the Pharisees are trying to distract him by getting him involved in political conversations. And he wants to redirect them back. And continue to point out that there's something new that's happening here. And so we might want to consider in our own lives do we keep our focus on what belongs to God? Because we can just as easily get distracted by other arguments or other things going on rather than to continually experience our Lord and receive what He came into the world to give us. It happens all the time when groups of Catholic people get together and they're having conversations and they're talking about how bad the world is and political things and marriage laws changed and what can we do about that and pro-life law and what can we do about that. And those things are good, they're good conversations to have, but at the core how many times do groups of Catholic friends get together and talk about whether or not they actually are surrendering their life to our Lord and what our Lord is doing in their life, and are they falling more in love with Jesus, and like, are they really experiencing the freedom that Jesus has come to proclaim? It happens oftentimes among clergy. When I'll ask a brother priest, you know, what's going on in your life right now, and His answer is, well, we're working on this building project, and I'm trying to figure out how to pay my teachers, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, better ways to do administration. And it's seldom that we might say, what's going on in your life? And we talk about. I really feel like our Lord is calling me into a deeper relationship with Him and I'm kind of freaked out about that and I'm not really sure where where we're going. Or do we talk about, I have this one couple in marriage preparation and they're kind of, you know, on the fringe and I'm really trying to figure out how do I convince them of our Lord's love for them so that they can have joy in their life. My RCIA class has got 15 people in it and and there's one or two that I'm just really spending a lot of my time and my prayer with them because you know, they're struggling with whether or not they want to become Catholic. Those kinds of conversations are much more exciting and much more fulfilling. But we often can get distracted by the other things that are going on, what's going on in the world, what's going on business-wise. Surely when the first disciples were together, their conversations had more to do with the conversion of the people than keeping the lights on in their building. And in order to have those kinds of conversations, we have to check the priorities in our own hearts and ask ourselves, am I trying to experience our Lord as somebody new? Or am I like the Pharisees who I kind of think I already know everything and this has become routine for me? Am I willing to admit that I don't really know who our Lord is completely? But my desire is to fall more in love with Him and allow something different to happen in my life. You know, on this particular Sunday, we're coming off of the 100-year anniversary of Fatima, one of my spiritual directors came and saw me, and they said, so it's 100 years after Fatima, and at Fatima, the devil, of Mary revealed that the devil was going to have a 100-year reign, and now the 100 years is over, so what's going to happen now? That's a really exciting kind of a question for us to ask in our own hearts, and our own lives. What's going to happen now? And there are these movements going on in the church that are pretty amazing. People are rediscovering who our Lord is. They're coming to greater conversion in their lives. I have lots of priest friends around the country who have gone on these healing retreats and come off of these healing retreats saying things like, I don't think I really knew who Jesus was until I went on this retreat. I've experienced that in my own life. Here in Lincoln, a lot of people have gotten involved with the Unbound ministry, and after the Unbound ministry, they say something like, I didn't really know who our Lord was until I went on that. I never really felt forgiven until I went on that. There's something new going on here. There's this movement of the Holy Spirit that's bringing about greater conversion and greater fidelity among our people. It's our Lord's breaking through that. Kind of breaking through those distractions so that we're focused on the most important thing. So that we truly can give to God what belongs to God. which is our whole heart. Today's the feast day of John Paul II, who in his writing was constantly pointing back to the truth about who we are, the truth about relationships, the truth about family life, the truth about marriage, the truth about human sexuality. And he wrote lots of documents. He wrote social justice documents talking about law. He wrote Evangelium Vitae talking about life issues. He wrote on all those things, but at the core, there was always this calling back to giving to God what belongs to God. Everything else flowed from the truth about who we are created in God's image and likeness. And everything was a call to conversion. Even Pope Francis can be similar. You know, he wrote this really long document on the environment which lots of people appreciate and people outside of the church are reading it and liberal people are reading it and talking about preserving the ecosystem. And then he gets, after this long document, kind of is able to insert that there's an ecosystem of the family that also needs to be preserved. And he spoke very clearly in that document about the truth about men and women being created in the image of God and gender And that the affirmation of gender dysphoria is really a rejection of the family ecosystem. Again, calling us back to conversion. And giving to God what belongs to God. And so our own challenge is as we hear the gospel preached and it starts to agitate our own hearts, are we willing to sit in that agitation and allow our Lord to break through that? And allow our Lord to reveal to us who we are so that the most important thing in our lives is to reflect on the great gift that our Lord has given to us as he gave his life for us on the cross and continues to give himself to us in the sacraments as we reflect on that to be able to give him what belongs to him to give him our hearts Our minds, our imaginations, our bodies. That's what belongs to our Lord. And everything else will flow from that if we first focus on our own conversions. Allowing our Lord to reveal to us, Himself to us as somebody new It has called us to a life of peace and happiness and joy. And so today let us pray that our Lord remove from us all distraction. That he help us to focus on the main thing. And that we come to encounter him in a new and profound way. That will bring transformation to our own hearts, to our families, to our entire church. So that we be a witness to the world that surrounds us.